It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Okay, so having a little bit of a laugh over here. My guest today is going to be Tara Rauchi. And Tara and I have known each other for 15 years. Uh, uh, more than that, actually. <laughs> okay, well, we're, we're going to have to figure out what we're doing here. Um, so anyways, what we're going to talk about today is love and loss. Because for all of us, if you're human, chances are you have experienced a loss, some manner, some form, and it is it's something that it can absolutely derail you or it can have you grow. Now, for myself, I've you know, I've gone through the loss of parents, sibling, uh, a sibling who I no longer even speak to, pets, relationships. And all of them, I just finished actually also reading a book called Forgive, uh, Forgiving the Unforgivable by Master Charles Cannon. And this was a group that were in Mumbai at the Oberai, I believe it's called the Oberai Hotel. And they were, uh, there were I think 27 of them or 28, and uh, pardon me, 27, uh, four were injured, two were killed, but the majority were okay and went through this event, which they looked at from a the standpoint of not anger or how could this happen to me, but that life has events that occur for you. Sometimes they are things that you would expect. Sometimes they're not. But if you have the understanding that we all come from one place, there is nothing that is separate from that creation. So... All is one. And then we come into these little suits we call bodies that then ends up creating this establishing that we are separate. And that's insanity, okay? And that is where we have to, in order to know what we are not, in order to know what we are, we have to know what we're not. And we are all one thing, but what we do as soon as we arrive in these bodies is we separate ourselves. And that is also where we often end up learning about loss or something that is not in our world the way we want it to be experienced. So when I, when I read this book, and Tara and I have both gone through 
a number of losses. So what I was going to do is, you know, there's the practical side of how do you get over it, and then there's the other side of how do you, on a spiritual level, on a faith level, get through things that have undermined you or made you feel that you weren't enough for something or people are going to take things away from you. And that's where I wanted to go. So without further ado, um, I'm going to have Tara. You, I want you, Tara, to tell me what has been your biggest loss and then what did you do about it? So my biggest loss, it's, it's interesting, it, it, a few kind of meld into one. So I would say my biggest loss would be the death of my mother. Mm-hmm. But right next to that is uh, my divorce and then the loss of my kitty cat, Noel. I They're kind of all the same to me as far as pain and what I had to do to um, overcome it and rise again. Did you do different things with each of them? Did what? Did you do different things with each of them? I did. Yes. Um, Let's see. So with my mother, with the death of my mother, I, interestingly enough, as hard as that was, I kind of bounced back rather quickly. Uh, But I don't think that I processed it quite um, I, I thought I was processing it, but I don't think I, I, I mourned it as much as I could have. And I met my, uh, you know, eventual, the, the man that would become my husband one month after my mom passed. So I hadn't quite, so I, I honestly think later on, after 14 years of, of being with, with my ex-husband, I honestly think that um, the lack of, um, I guess processing that I did with my mom, like I, I didn't, I don't feel like I processed that well enough. Um, that actually caused problems. So from my side of the street, that actually caused problems in my relationship with my husband because that was never really fully dealt with. And uh-huh. yet, you knew the one thing is with your mother, you knew she had been ill. You. Okay. And you knew that this was an eventuality, and mm-hmm. you had returned mm-hmm. to take care of her. The, but you did process and do as much stuff, you know, because when we feel loss, it's usually because we felt love, and we feel something yeah. that has you know, it's gone away. And yet, I know for me, losing my parents, they were not nearly the loss of my animals. Mm. Losing my animals, my parents don't even pale in comparison, like, at all. That makes sense. And they were so much what I loved. And yet I know it's a different experience for each person. Yet the, what is the thing, I mean, you loved Bobby very much, yet why... The love that is there, what was the loss? The loss of what the future was? The loss of the idea? The loss of what I thought it was, actually. Because when I look back now, it was a lot of it was fantasy. It was a lie. So it was a loss of what I thought we had. 
And um, that was really a hard pill to swallow um, and very confusing and because I, I couldn't understand. It took me a while to unra unravel that one. And so... <laughs> if you were going to give someone clarity on the love that you felt there, what was it that you did not see until later? And was it that you had wanted to see something, so whether it's the rose-colored glasses, whatever it may be, that, or where was the lack of the the clarity on what the relationship was actually like, or where there was a couple of tipping points. Were they ignored? Yes. And I have a tendency. I'm learning a lot now about codependency. Um, and what and what that means, and I'm still new to it, but um, I definitely was was uh, guilty of that, um, being codependent. Uh, and then I'm also looking at, like, the love addict, love avoidance. And so I tend to attract men who um, are love avoidant. And so they basically emotionally withdraw. And my, and my father did that. So they ignore you. So it's so perfect. So, so Tara, what are we doing to change that? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm on a sabbatical right now from love, from sex, from everything. I'm just on a timeout. I put myself in the corner on a timeout because I dated um, fairly, relatively quickly after my divorce, and I attracted pretty much the more of my husband with different traits, but. Um, so the beauty and the, the beauty, and as we were saying earlier, everything comes with a, a lesson, and thank God for that. The lesson for me is I got to see my own, I got to see myself, right? So they're a mirror of me. I got to see my own unhealthiness, uh, unhealthy ways in relationships. And, and, you know, rather than saying that it's unhealthy, I would rather that you say, this was how I was functioning at that point. Yet you also, as, as soon as you saw it, you were like, it wasn't something that had to go on for an extended period of time. And you were, yeah, and here's the big thing that I think is so helpful when you go through loss, when, you know, loss and love, is that you are loving to yourself. Yeah, yeah. and that's what, what I haven't been doing in most of my, I've been putting all of my attention and love outside myself on the other person and completely neglecting myself in and, and, and every, every way, shape, and form. Uh, when I was at the end of my marriage, I literally had no idea who I was. I didn't know what I felt, what I wanted, who I was. I didn't have any... But it would help fabulous to be able uh -huh. to... What a rediscovery. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's, it's almost like moving to a new town, right? It's, I'm having the time of my life now. Yeah, uh, if you would have asked me a year ago uh, when I was in deep in the loss, uh, I didn't. I I I I knew that I would get um, where I was trying to go. I, I had no idea how, and it got very very dark. During that loss was when I lost my beloved Noel, my kitty cat Noel, as I was mourning my divorce. Right, but didn't your other kitty cat come out of her little kitty cat shell? Yes, she did. Yeah, she um, came, she moved to a new oh town, too. Oh, my God. She was like, all right, the bully's gone. You know, and she loved, they were very, very close, but there there was an element, there was a dynamic to the relationship that I think was 
Yeah, he was a, he was he bullied her. <laughs> My boy cat bullied his sister, so. which is just not a good thing. No, no, just no. no. like amen. Now, so let's talk about you are a very loving, very you know you like people. I you really like to be around people. So, what are the things that you ask yourself or prepare yourself with when, let's say, you walk into a room? So, for example, I will use, I am, you know, I am you, and you are me. Here we're coming for our first tunes. We'll be right back with Love and Loss. My guest is Tara Rousey. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. And don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer and most of all, be honest. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Fiber is an important element of a healthy diet and is necessary for good digestion and elimination. It is also helpful for lowering cholesterol and losing weight. Eating fiber for breakfast sets a good precedence for the whole day. Fiber stabilizes your metabolism and prevents you from making bad food choices later in the day. Dr. Oz says... Having fiber in your breakfast results in less hunger in the afternoon when you're most likely to be tired and binge on sugar. Aspire to eat 25 grams a day. Good breakfast choices that are rich in fiber are bran cereals, whole wheat cereals, fruit, whole grain breads, oatmeal, and smoothies. Start your day with a fiber-rich, healthy breakfast and set yourself up for hunger control for the rest of the day. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, at the top of the show, I was talking about, my, my guest is Tara Rauchy, and we're talking about love and loss. And what are the best ways, if you're wanting to meet somebody, if you're going into a new situation, you don't know what the people are doing, 
One of the things that I do, and I practice this actually when I go through an airport, is I will look at people and go, I am you and you are me, with the awareness that we're not all, we really aren't separate. And that gives you a better ability to have a compassion or an understanding or uh, be empathetic with what someone is going through. So one of the things Tara and I were talking about is the different levels of loss you can go through and what are what are your best tips to overcome them. And then instead of looking at, because loss is mainly associated with fear. You fear you're going to lose something. There's two emotions in the world, love and fear. Everything else, all the feelings come as a result of those. So Tara, what do you do to move yourself from fear to move yourself to love? From fear to love. Um, one of the first things I do now is to get alone and get quiet and mm-hmm. just try to listen to my, you know, to that still small voice within inside myself and uh, really try not to do anything until uh, I get a definitive kind of sign or um, um, message to do so. Um, that's definitely one of, one of the main things I do. Okay, now do you say you're getting quiet. Is that meditation? Is that just being by yourself? What is that? Yeah, it's a mixture of both. Sometimes I just do quiet breathing meditations. Sometimes I just allow myself. What's really helpful for me is I just allow myself to kind of relax, lay somewhere and let my mind drift and and kind of let kind of just let go and be and allow inspiration to come in. Mm-hmm. Um I also um will you know um I, I love watching like Louise L. Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life, or other um, DVDs and reading books. That that is really really helpful to me. I've literally mm-hmm. healed healed myself reading um, uh, books and things, um, it, it, and I get inspiration that way. Right, and you know, for me, there's a an individual who mainly works in the area of. Uh, you know, highly motivational and people wanting to create success in their life. And he speaks of, you know, you pour, if you keep pouring dirty water into the glass, you're only going to get dirty water. But if, you know, if you are putting in clean water, eventually the dirty water gets rinsed out. And there's so many things that are really designed to keep us very fearful, to keep us not loving ourselves, to tell us that it's all about the competition, it's all about the money, it's all about you have to do this. And if we had any idea how incredibly powerful we were, we wouldn't do that to ourselves. That's right. I agree. And we look at what was the training that I got in a relationship with my parents, with my siblings. And there are times where people remain in relationships because they're fearful and scared of being alone. Well, they're probably more alone than if they were with That's someone right. who genuinely wanted to be with them. That's right. That's and the, the judgment part of it, we're really hard on ourselves as well. Really true. hard. Really and, true. And we... We shouldn't be, because that's the most important person 
for you to be kind to is you. I agree. I agree. Yes. Um, that's why uh, towards the end of my marriage, when I was, uh, from my perspective, being um, severely neglected and, there were, you know, just we weren't talking, there was no love exchange. Uh, I was still really, really fearful to leave because I thought that this person, I was going to be with this person for the rest of my life. And I was so afraid to let go of what I, again, like the fantasy, because we weren't really experiencing that for a very long time. So I don't know what I was really afraid to let go of, Um, but uh, I was. I was still afraid to let go because I was still hoping and praying and working on myself and hoping that we could get to the point of um, the love that I always wanted, that exchange of love I always wanted between us. Mhm. And well, um mm-hmm. go ahead. I think that for the majority of us we have been uh we've had that feeling of I I remember doing a, a TV show with a woman and she I said you think that if you're not with this person there won't be anybody else and she started to cry and she said yeah and I said that's not the case. Yeah. And and you have already shown that that's not the case. Absolutely. I um, actually, I'll be really honest, being by myself right now, now that I've gone through all of the, well, not all of, but majority of the healing and and all of that, I'm still learning so much about the relationship in myself. But now that I'm um, regaining my, my own sense of self and my identity again, I am so much happier by myself. I can choose to be with healthy people and have healthy experiences and read positive books, and my life is, is so much more full. Uh, not having uh, someone that's unhealthy, and obviously I would love to eventually meet a man that is, um, I'm, I am harmonious with. I've been using that word lately, harmonious. Uh, but as of right now, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy being by myself. And I think for many people, I had this conversation with uh, someone who I've known, you know, literally my whole life, and she said, you know, sometimes I look and I go, oh, you know, do I feel like I'm lonely? I mean, she's been married, she had three children, and she said, oh, I, am I feeling like I'm lonely and there should be someone? And she said, yet when I look at it, I really do enjoy spending time by myself. She has a very uh, intense job. She's around people all day. So when she comes home, she likes to do things her way. Just, you Uh know, just like, nope, (laughs) I do not want a whole bunch of stuff going on here. And she said, I don't feel that. So in that way, she's being very loving to herself. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people who, when they are wanting love, they will end up doing things that, you know, they shouldn't do. That's right. They really That's shouldn't right. do. And, it, and yeah, it, it takes them off the track of taking care of themselves, and it's someone else's agenda, which ends up being not good for them. That's right. I, I noticed as I was again, unraveling from my marriage and then starting to date again, I noticed that 
the men I was choosing, it, it was basically a distraction. Um, even even in my marriage, a lot of times my relationship with my husband was a distraction from me taking care of myself and what I needed to take care of in my life. It, and that's where, the, again, for me, the study of codependency has been really helpful because we literally look outside ourselves and um, try to kind of control or, um, put, you know, um, put attention on things that are really none of our business. We think it's our business because it's our, our husband, but it's really not. We're, um, I wasn't putting enough attention on my own life and the things that needed to be done in my own life. And um, I noticed as I left him and I started a date, it was just kind of replacing. It was, again, another distraction from me doing what I needed to do become, to become my highest self. And, and, you know, I think that what we all have to realize is we have to be responsible for decisions we make about what we're bringing into our lives. Okay. And we can either approach it from a, I am interested in taking care of, I, I'm interested in having a life that has joy in it, that has, and, you know, this is not about sitting around, you know, eating bonbons and smiling. This is literally about, because you have three brains that you can impact. The one is between your ears, and it's not your best friend. It's the one that, you know, <laughs> it's the one that gets you into a lot of trouble. Because it has such, you know, it's so ego. Then you have what is known as the heart brain. Uh, and then you have your gut brain. And your gut and your heart are equally as impactful in helping you make decisions. And for many people, if you go back and ask them, when you, at what point did you know something? There's invariably, they don't say it was between their ears. It was they either felt it in their heart or they felt it in their gut that something was happening. And invariably, they were right. So... Mm -hmm. One of the exercises in this book by uh, Master Charles Cannon, mm-hmm. Forgiving the Unforgivable, is yeah. if you want contentment in your life, remember a time in your life where you were fully content. Close your eyes and do some breathing and just remember that feeling of contentment and have it bathe your heart. Mm. And it is unbelievable how impactful that can be. So I it is agree. literally, and I, I, know, I know exactly what that feeling was, where I was, and what was going on in my life. And then what happens is if you concentrate on something for 17 seconds and then you get to the magic 68, you have already set the universe into motion. We're coming up to our second break and we're going to be coming up with more love and loss techniques for people that are real things that you can work with when you've lost your love or a pet or a family member. Please stay with us. My guest is Tara Rauchi. We'll be right back after these tunes. This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. study finds the happiest couples sleep the closest together, as in less than an inch apart. A survey of 1,000 couples found that 86% of those who kept such close perimeters reported they were satisfied with their relationship. Only 66% of couples who slept 30 inches apart or more reported being completely happy in their marriage. What's the word for getting up on the wrong side of the bed? Metutalipia. Another predictor of relationship happiness is touch. While 94% of couples who made physical contact throughout the night reported a happy relationship, just 68% of couples who kept their distance did the same. What's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your High on Life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. And today my guest is Tara Rauchi. And we are talking about Tara as a long-term friend of mine. And both of us, are, you know, we've talked over a period of time about losing things that you didn't want to lose or were terrified to lose. And truly, if we understand that there are really only two emotions that we have, there is love and there is fear. And all the feelings that go on either side of them are connected to, you know, being upset or being anxious or, or being... Uh, angry or contemptuous or whatever, those are fear-based. Being, having gratitude, being thankful, being, I, you know, uh, empathetic, those are loving things that you can do. And the more loving you are to yourself. So, for example, Tara, you had mentioned meditating. Now, do you do it first thing in the morning? Do you do it before you get out of bed? When, when do you do it? Um, I definitely, each morning... Uh, I definitely uh, meditate. I would say, yeah, and I and I actually do it throughout the day, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of become it's become second nature to me. And I don't even really think about it. I'm I'm kind of yeah, 
I'm, I'm, I meditate a lot. And rather than just like going and sitting and doing a whole ritual, I, I, I'll do it as I'm sitting in a crowded room. I'm meditating. So it's, it's become uh, a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same for me and what I also uh, have been schooled in is that when you are, uh, if you're wanting to do one of the best times to connect with your higher self or, you know, having a more open meditative experience, do it, you know, in, I think they say between five and seven in the morning, because at that time, that is, first off, there's much less energy of a lot of people around, but also when you are between a sleeping and a waking state, that mm-hmm. is when you are in a different mental vibration where you can have greater clarity. And the other thing you can do, if you do wake up, and let's say you've broken up with someone and you're really sad, understandably, you've had a loss, then what you, when, one of the things you can do is I... It's just before you get out of bed, set your intention for the day. Because you are a transmitter, every one of us. We, we transmit our feelings. We transmit whatever it is we're thinking goes out there into the universe. And just before the break, I talked about if you want something to come into your life, focus on it for 17 seconds. That will start the universe delivering. But 68 seconds, it's already in motion. Mm-hmm. And if you are lying there and say, I... I'm so grateful that I am ready to have this day, and this day will bring me new experiences. This does not mean, you know, that you aren't sad or you don't have those emotions that that person is no longer there or that animal is no longer there, but you realize that you are you are here having this experience. And when people leave their bodies, they go to a different vibration. They're not gone for forever. That's the thing that we get told by many religions. Ooh, they're gone for forever. No, they're not. They're mm-hmm. a soul having this existence. So mm-hmm. for, I mean, it's one of the things that has helped me with my losses, that I also know that they're making choices that are their choices. They didn't ask me, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and no one told you what to do with your um, you know, your relationship, they, people were just there to say, Hey, we're, we're here, you know, mm-hmm. whatever your decision is, we're there to support you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, some of the, some of the resources, um, specific resources that really worked for me. Uh, again, I think I mentioned earlier, Louise L. Hayes, uh, DVD called you can heal your life. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. Uh, there's a woman, you can get a lot of her stuff on the internet. Her name's Lisa A. Romano, and she talks a lot about codependency and relationships, and that was incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, with Joe Dispenza, I believe his name Oh, my is. gosh, he's That's, fabulous. Um, create Your Day. So what you were talking about earlier, creating between the kind of half asleep, half awake, um, the uh, Create Your Day. Um, exercise that he does is incredibly helpful. And then Florence Govel Shin, this is an older book, but The Game of Life and How to Play It and the treatments that she has in there is is also um, really incredible. So those are some of the things that are uh, tools, like specific tools that really work for me. Well, you know, the um, 
Dispenza, does he not have a new book out? It's called, I believe it's called Placebo. And that you are... It's possible. I don't know. Yeah, he, he may. And he started into doing his work to heal himself, himself as a result of he was a triathlete and he was on his bike in, I believe it was Palm Springs, and the officer who was supposed to be stopping traffic had his back to the traffic, did not see, and waved Dispenza to go through on the track, and this woman, 70-year-old woman in a car, hit him. <gasps> oh, God. And wow. he was dragged under the car, um, and, you know, they were like, well, you're going to have to have this kind of a surgery, and you're going to have to have this. And literally it meant having a rod, two rods up his spine so that he would not even be able to bend forward. He would just, like, be a plank. Um, he might be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. I mean, they, everything that was a complete, you know, his life had just ended when he was, I mean, he was in his 20s. And what he did is he looked at how can I what do I need to know and what can I do? And that mm. was the beginning of him doing the work that how can I create this day the way that I want? And right. so when I look at, for many people, I mean, when I started writing my books, it was because I couldn't find the information for me the way that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, it wasn't in the scientific area. It wasn't in the relational area. It wasn't in, you know, books about sexuality, I wanted something that was real people experiences that worked for them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want something that was a, I wanted something that real people had happen. So when I read things like, you know, the Forgiving the Unforgivable or things that Joe Dispenza does, and Louise Hay, the same thing. I mean, she healed herself. That's right. That's right. It is Love is one of your most powerful, powerful things that you can share, that you can create, and that you can give. And, you know, not to be broken record, but being able to give it to yourself, that's what we have. That's what many of us spend our life learning. Would you agree? <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's literally what I've been doing for the last year and a half. And, for instance, it sounds so simple and, like, that could never work, but a simple mirror exercise that Louise Alhay does where you look in the mirror and you simply say to yourself, I love you. And you think, come on, that can't work. But I, I will tell you, miracles happen when you do that exercise. And I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I don't even care to try to understand or explain it. All I know is that it works because it worked for me. And uh, something that simple. We, we, we really do have uh, everything we need with inside ourselves. It's just that we have to believe. It's faith and belief. If, if I've learned nothing else this year, it's, it's really how strong my faith and belief is. All, all of us, really, but my, of course, I'm dealing with myself, is um, how, how important belief in, in yourself and saying things when you don't really feel them. Like when I was, at one point, I'll, I'll be very honest, I was alone in my new apartment and just, just terrified and struggling and broke down in every area of my life. And finally, one day, I literally fell to my knees in my little tiny hallway and cried and just said, please, what do I need to do? And I just really got real and uh, and with whatever, the God of my understanding, it doesn't matter what you call it, but, mm-hmm. and I and I stated 
what I wanted. I started, you know, and what I, and literally very shortly after that, miracles started to happen. But I had to just get really down on the ground and be so broken down and really surrender. I had to surrender because I was mm-hmm. trying to control and fix and hold on and, and, and I just couldn't anymore. I didn't have the energy anymore. And I just let go. Well, and, and also, it, surrender for many people might be a word they're not, you know, all that comfortable with. Yet, in all actuality, the ability, surrender is to me something where instead of trying to push over a, you know, big, huge pile of bricks, surrender mm-hmm. is be like the water and just flow around it. Right. And, right. It, and the thing of the, and also, instead of, you know, having to get to be broken, I would rather look at it as you came to the point where you said, okay, now I'm ready to get my lessons. Now I'm ready to have that teacher show up. Now I have this. And that's, you know, that I mean, the reason that, you know, Tara and I are having this conversation is because of a very profound loss I had last week. And it was something I, I did not anticipate. It was something we all know loss is going to occur, yet it's, you know, the tears have been there, the upset has been there, yet I know that at the time it was the best thing I could do, and now I have to do the loving things for myself and mm-hmm. for the other people who are around me, because this is, when you suffer a loss, those around you feel it. Even if they don't know it, they feel it. And right. you yeah. also have to let them know what it is you need, as you did, Tara. And that thing of saying to the, instead of, you know, I need to control everything, saying to universe, spirit, whatever it is, please guide me, give me the, right. you know, the, the direction that I need. That will be one of the most loving things you can do for yourself. Now, we're coming up to our final break here. Any questions you might have, you can go on to my website, loupaget.com. There's a free ebook there for you. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking about actual techniques we have used that help us deal with loss and to create a more loving part in our lives. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. 
Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. Scott Kelly recently broke the record for the longest consecutive time spent in space with over 300 days and counting. Astronaut Kelly says he doesn't really experience the molly grubs or depression, but is fully aware of the dangers of being in space. In other words, he understands the gravity of the situation. Speaking of gravity, in space, your arms don't hang by your side like they do here on Earth. So, astronaut Kelly says he tucks them inside his sleeping bag at night so they don't float in front of him. Hey, isn't it always night in space? He also says that he doesn't get the same satisfaction of laying down to sleep like people on Earth. At least there's no chance of Matutalipia. That's getting up on the wrong side of the bed. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. And... The show that I am doing today is with my guest, Tara Rauchi, who is also one of my very dear friends. And we're talking about love and loss because, you know, they both evoke tremendous feelings in us. They're often associated with our relationships and our families. And, you know, for me, when I go through something, it is truly about having to adjust what I think. Because if you have that feeling of, you know, you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm anxious about having to take care of those bills or, or there isn't the, this money there or something, that is a fear-based, that is a scarcity mindset. And you are not here to be scarce. You are here to be abundant. And so being grateful that you have a day here being grateful that you can experience, hey, you know, it rained here in Los Angeles over the weekend. That was fabulous. <laughs> people were probably going, yeah, I know. So happy. And so for many people, it would be like, I was thrilled because I love, I love the calmness of a gentle rain. To me, that is a time when I can get so much stuff done because I'm not distracted. So, you know, I was grateful that there was rain. And this in, you know, this does not mean that you are just standing around being grateful. This means that you start your day in a different mindset. And when we talk about the Tara, you know the 17 seconds and the 68 seconds, yes. right? Okay. Yes. 
And what that means is if you are saying, I am so grateful that I had that terrific relationship. I am so grateful that I know my, or think of my next home is going to look like blah, blah, blah. You see it. You feel it. And the more that you feel it and think about it, the more you do with, tr- with clarity about the feeling of it or about what it actually looks like. I, you know, that is what is you are creating the energy of the universe to bring it in. With the, the book, uh, Forgiving the Unforgivable, what he spoke of was that they were, yes, were they terrified that, you know, they would be killed? Listen, they're in a hotel that is being the, the, shot. They're uh, machine guns. There's grenades going off. They set fire to the hotel. And yet he said that they had had years of focusing on how can we make this, where am I right now, and the complete awareness of where they are. So if you have lost uh, you know, someone in your life, a divorce, total awareness of where you are, not a emotional state of they did this or they did that. It's the awareness is my world has changed. And the more calm and aware you are, the easier it will be for you to move through something and not stay anchored. Now, would you agree with that, Tara? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, I, it, um, I've been really looking at attachment a lot and what I'm a, a, attaching to and emotions. And, and um, that was the thing I realized when my mom passed away, I, when I when I really looked, and I actually didn't even realize this until my divorce, but I realized in the end one of the biggest losses with my uh, losing my husband was I lost my home, right? My home base, my what I thought was home. And mm-hmm. when my mom when my mom passed away, I I felt homeless. I have other family members, but that home base. Like I felt homeless, and that's not true, but that's how I felt, and that's what I attached to the idea that I was homeless. And then shortly after, I met my husband, and I thought, oh, here's my family. I'm home again. Then you lose that home, right? And so what I'm realizing is, you know, we create home with inside our own self, and that home, you know, can be cultivated and developed, and the foundation can be healthy first. And then we can build home on top of that and add to our home. But we have to, you know, take care of the home with inside ourselves first. Because we always, that's where we live. <laughs> really. well, there's no question. That's really where we live. <laughs> and, so. the, and for me, when I went through my divorce, it was, because I don't normally, you know, speak about myself, but it was the loss of what I thought the future was going to be. It was the loss of what I perceived to be my home. And I remember when I was driving out of the driveway, and I'm someone that when something's finished and done, it's done, I don't go back. Mm -hmm. And 
So as I'm driving out of the driveway and I'm, you know, hands on the wheel and my car, I look like somebody out of grapes of wrath. I mean, my car was just <laughs> stuffed with everything. <laughs> and I'm driving down, I'm driving down the hill and I'd had all of my stuff shipped down to California. It was a, a sleety, rainy, just horrendous day. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a home anymore. And then it was like, oh my God, I don't have, I don't have this anymore. And then I went, oh my God, I don't have a bed. And then that made me laugh. <laughs> and it was, I was like, I don't have a bed. That's kind of funny. <laughs> so being and bedless. Exactly. So being 15, you know, seconds out of the driveway and going, oh, my God, I'm not, you know, this is what I'm, this is, I don't have this. I was already laughing. And at that point, I knew I was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And the being able to see, I mean, there's, I mean, the thing that, you know, you have gallows humor. And at one point, (laughs) <laughs> the um, there was uh, the people who were in the hotel. They could actually telephone one another, and the person said, "Well, how do you know that they're you know the commandos that are coming to rescue us?" And the person said, "Well, they'll be wearing black." Well, so were the gunmen, the uh, yeah. who were you know shooting people, and they said, "Well, they'll be wearing black." And they said, "What are terrorists wearing this season? Hot pink?" <laughs> so even mm-hmm. in times when things aren't don't seem like they could be funny chances are you will find something that will have you look at it and go hey you know that's it you know the the person who can see when you can see that there's light somewhere and you can be kind to your heart that is when love is the thing that's overpowering the fear and the loss mm-hmm. and to me when you have a strength like that, you're going to be okay. Agreed. And, and and having something that lets you... And the other thing, don't be around people who are downers. That's really bad for you. Yeah, true. You know, mm-hmm. or people who are constantly finding someone else who's the problem for their life. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. Right. You the know, common that, denominator is me are you (laughs) precisely and if you when you look for love the important thing to look Mm -hmm. for is something that supports you not Mm -hmm. something that has a look of a wallet or a leg length or a facial thing because the one thing that we know as human beings we change your job changes so if you marry someone because of the job they've got or the money they've got, mm-hmm. that too may change. Mm-hmm. Then you've married sure. for a concept, not because of who that person is. Right. You're 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 marrying. Uh, you're loving them for what they're doing, not for who they're being. And right. And here in Los Angeles, we see enough of that. Mm-hmm. It's um. It's certainly on, you know, that, and yet for many people, the biggest thing they want to do is they want to be married or they want to be connected to a partner that loves them for them. That's right. They don't want to be with someone who is a, you know, where they have to constantly defend themselves, 
readjust what they're doing. They want someone that loves them for them. That's right. And, you know, so, you know, and you want... Love is the thing that keeps us going. It's the reason we all arrived in these bodysuits. And it takes us a long time to perfect it or to learn how to look for it in the right places. True. So today the show has been on love and loss. For any of you, you can ask me any questions you want or send a you know contact to my website, which is www.loupaget.com. And over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be going over more of an energetic review of your sex life, your connection, who you are, and things that can support you individually. Because many people, it's like, okay, yeah, I know I have to work out. I know I have to watch what I eat. But sometimes you may not connect just those little teeny tiny parts there. Tara, we talked about meditating throughout the day. You can stop, close your eyes, and just slow everything down, even at a stop sign. You can do that, you know, when you're on hold somewhere. And really what it is is it's a tool and a gift to you to allow you to come back into yourself because you're the most precious and special place for you. So, Tara, my dear, thank you so much for being with me. And well, thank you for having me, Lou. My, absolutely my pleasure. Everyone have a lovely, lovely rest of the week, and we will talk with you soon. Bye. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 